Hey guys, don't forget, April 23rd through the 28th, 2023, we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee for the second Street Cop Training Conference. You do not want to miss out on that. So far, we have some real big headliners on there. It'll be five days of transforming training in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benino, and today I'm going to do a little case law review for everybody. Hopefully you're finding value in some of the cases that I'm reading to you, and enjoy. Let's explore Michigan v. Long, a U.S. Supreme Court case, 1983. Michigan v. Long was a decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that extended Terry v. Ohio to allow searches of car compartments during a stop with reasonable suspicion. Big language there, with reasonable suspicion. This case also clarified and narrowed the extent of adequate and independent state ground, allowing U.S. Supreme Court review of state Supreme Court decisions unless they explicitly appealed to the state laws. David Long was questioned by police after driving his car off a road into a shallow ditch in Barry County, Michigan. Officers said he acted erratically and that he appeared to be under the influence of something. Noticing a hunting knife on the floor of the car, they conducted a Terry protective pat-down named after Terry v. Ohio, but they turned up no weapons. They then conducted a protective search of the car with the same justification, searching for weapons. Inside the car, police found an exposed bag of marijuana. In the trunk, they found approximately 75 pounds, and Long was arrested for drug possession. The protective search of the passenger compartment of Respondent's car was reasonable under the principles articulated in Terry and for other decisions of this court. Although Terry involved the stop and subsequent pat-down search for weapons of a person suspected of criminal activity, it did not restrict preventative search to the person of the detained suspect. Protection of police and others can justify protective searches when police have a reasonable belief that the suspect poses a danger. Roadside encounters between police and suspects are especially hazardous. A danger may arise from the possible presence of weapons in the surrounding area of the suspect. Thus, the search of a passenger compartment of an automobile limited to those areas in which a weapon may be placed or hidden is permissible if the police officer possesses a reasonable belief based on specific and articulable facts which, taken together with rational inferences from those facts, reasonably warrant the officer to believe the suspect is dangerous and the suspect may gain immediate control of weapons. If, while conducting a legitimate Terry search of an automobile's interior, the officer discovers contraband other than weapons, he cannot be required to ignore the contraband, and the Fourth Amendment does not require its suppression in such circumstances. The circumstances of this case justify the officers in their reasonable belief that the respondent posed a danger if he were permitted to re-enter his vehicle, nor did they act unreasonably in taking preventative measures to ensure that there were no other weapons within the respondent's immediate grasp before permitting him to re-enter his automobile. The fact that the respondent was under the officer's control during the investigative stop does not render unreasonable their belief that he could injure them. Long argued that during his trial, the evidence found in his car should be suppressed because the search was unconstitutional. The same argument was advanced during his appeal to the Michigan Court of Appeals. In each case, the court ruled against suppressing the evidence. However, the Michigan Supreme Court reversed these rulings. Relying largely on federal precedent, especially Terry v. Ohio, the Supreme Court ruled that the protective search violated the Fourth Amendment, and thus the poisonous fruit of the illegal search must be discarded. Additionally, the Michigan Supreme Court grounded its decision in Article 1, Section 11 of the Michigan Constitution. It argued the search violated both federal and state constitutions suggesting that if the federal ruling was overturned, the presumably more rigorous ruling for the Michigan Constitution would survive. Citing precedent 
from Murdoch of City of Memphis, 1874, and other cases established that the U.S. Supreme Court could not review state cases if there was adequate and independent state ground. That is, state Supreme Courts are the last word on interpreting state constitutions and law. The Supreme Court, however, found that the lower court's opinion did not indicate that its decision rested on grounds in any way independent from its interpretation of federal law. Apart from two citations to the Michigan Constitution, the state court relied exclusively on its understanding of federal review. The conclusion from the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court not only ruled that Michigan misapplied Terra v. Ohio in the Fourth Amendment, but it also ruled that Long had insufficient, adequate, and independent state grounds. O'Connor, a former judge of the Arizona Court of Appeals, affirmed the doctrine of independent state ground, but wrote that the Michigan Supreme Court adjudicated almost exclusively from federal law. Thus, the court accepted the most reasonable explanation that the state court decided the case in the way it did because it believed that federal law required it so. Essentially, the Supreme Court presumed that the state's decision rested on federal grounds. O'Connor suggested the state courts write clearly and expressly that their decision rests on bona fide state grounds. Should they do this, the U.S. Supreme Court would not undertake to review the decision. One solution is that any state court may rule their own constitution in parallel with the U.S. Constitution. That is, they take federal case law, especially if it's to their liking and advisory, but they make it clear that the federal law is not considered by the court precedent. In this way, state courts can protect individual rights in a very high level, as the late Justice Brennan suggested. Although this opinion helped clarify what had therefore been ambiguous, some critics charged Michigan v. Long was politically motivated. Justice Stevens, for example, enumerated the ways the U.S. Supreme Court had previously handled such ambiguities. Predominantly, the court sent cases back down for clarification, but in Long, they ruled directly against it without awaiting clarification. Presumably, the more conservative Burger Court sought to reverse the liberal Michigan decision. So there's a big misconception that when somebody gets arrested next to a car, police can do a wingspan search of the vehicle. We have said over and over again and explained to police officers that this is simply not true. You are getting Maryland v. Bowie confused from the home setting where a suspect's arrested to the setting of an automobile on a traffic stop. There has to be a belief the person can still get to these weapons or get into the vehicle to retrieve those weapons to be used against a police officer. So... Understanding how Michigan v. Long applies is important, and making sure that you're acting in compliance with the Fourth Amendment is of utmost importance as a police officer. Hopefully, you guys found value in Michigan v. Long. Read the case. Check it out on any search engine. It is worth your time.